Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. Hi, I'm your host, Tiffany Page, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to somebody that I've worked very closely with. Her name is Arlene Helio. Hi, Arlene. Hi. Hi, welcome. So Arlene graduated um, summa cum laude from traditional oriental medicine, and she has been practicing acupuncture for Wow. 21 years with humans. And I say that because 16 years with animals, which is sort of the topic of what we'll be talking about since it's pet wellness month here. That's what we'll be talking about. And that's how I met Arlene. And she had studied in Beijing, China and started with massage therapy and specialized in sports injury, as well as doing canine massage, which is so awesome. I've never met a dog that didn't like a good massage. So if you actually really know the right places to massage them, I think that's pretty fantastic. And then also uh, not a certified, which is a protocol for addiction, but unfortunately we won't get to that topic too much since we're going to be talking about pets. And so I welcome you. Thank you, Arlene, for being here, Arlene Helio. And so tell us about how you got started, how you went from massage therapy into acupuncture, and then kind of what made you choose to care about the animals and moving in that direction, especially so long ago. It's only seems like it's more now being considered something that is not so foreign to people when they hear about acupuncture as an alternative, but it's moving a little bit more mainstream. But back then it must've been like, who was doing acupuncture for animals? That's amazing. Nobody really. (laughs) Um, First of all, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. So I got into acupuncture because I got really bored doing massage therapy. And since I had focused on um, deep tissue, it was exhausting. And I knew that I didn't want to do massage therapy forever. So I started actually looking into Western medicine. And um, at the time, an acquaintance of mine had just finished acupuncture school. And she said, you know, you really should go into acupuncture school because you have to also understand Western medicine. So you're going to have to study that as well. And so I did and I loved it and doing it for over 21 years now. I still love it because it's so helpful and I've seen so many people and animals benefit from acupuncture you know it's it's so different from western medicine because it does um, traditional oriental medicine does look at the whole individual so when I'm working on people or pets not only am I looking at the animal or the human physically I'm with animals I'm actually also looking at the owners because the owners have such a huge impact on the pets. So anyways, I started working with animals just because I 
had three dogs at the time when I first started, and one of them had recurrent ear infections. And each time I would take him to the vet, they would just give me antibiotics and it would be good for maybe, you know, a few weeks and then it would come back. And I thought, wait a minute, I can help. I can help him. So I actually studied um, nutrition for animals and, you know, put him on an herbal formula that I would normally put a human and I gave him some acupuncture treatments. And at the time he was five years old when I started that and he had never gotten another ear infection since he was 13. And that's when he passed, unfortunately. So you actually got into doing pets because of your own animal. It wasn't something that you decided you were going to do. No. And you didn't have to get additional training for that. Well, at the time, there really wasn't a school to help human acupuncturists work with animals. And so I actually partnered up with a vet in Pasadena and I pretty much was there observing. Um, It was like an internship sort of uh, just to watch uh, animal behavior, understand the medication. And then I started, you know, doing acupuncture because the vet didn't want to learn acupuncture. Um, It wasn't popular then for vets to provide acupuncture. So, you know, it was cool with her that I did the acupuncture and, you know, she did the rest. So it's really great that all your specialties kind of come together as one, sort of like what a functional medicine is on the human side of looking at all aspects of the body and what works together. Right, right. I mean, that's that's a, a reason why I started studying functional medicine, just because it's the closest thing to oriental medicine. It actually looks at blood work and it looks at what the organs are doing. And based on what the organs are doing, then you either give supplements or you recommend certain nutrition. But I like the fact that it looks at the whole body as opposed to just being so specific, which, you know, some doctors are because of specialties. That's what they do. They don't look at the body as a whole. They look at specific organs. So when you were in Beijing, China studying, is that their main Eastern medicine, the way that they do things? No, no, I was really surprised. So one of the hospitals that I was going to had a section for people who wanted just drugs Uh, be treated with Western medicine. And then there was another door, which I entered for people who wanted acupuncture. And since, you know, it was free for them, um, healthcare was free for them. um, They were able to get acupuncture every day if they wanted to. So it was kind of funny to me that, you know, you had people going through the Western medicine side, and then the acu, you know, the Chinese or Oriental medicine side. That's so strange. Door number one or door number two? <laughs> exactly. So I was surprised. Um, 
Yeah, it was great that they were able to get acupuncture every day. And the reason why I went to China was because I knew that I would see things that I would never have seen and learned in the States just because, you know, in the States, people are afraid to be sued, but there's no such thing in China. So in the obstetrics and gynecology department where I also went to, I saw a woman having a cesarean using acupuncture to kind of anesthetize her before she got cut open. So that was amazing. And you would never see that here in the States. That is wild. Well, is that because it creates the endorphins that is kind of like a natural painkiller? That's enough to be used. Yeah. And some people react so well to acupuncture that the needles were enough since, you know, as soon as you put the the first needle in, it really triggers your body to release endorphins, which is our natural painkiller. So for some people, it works really well. Some others, it doesn't work as well. And the women there have a choice. And if they choose to get acupuncture for their anesthesia, then of course they have to test to see whether it would work for them. You know what I mean? They wouldn't just try the acupuncture and, and hope that it works for them. They have to be tested. Right. Got it. Well, so where we came in, this is so interesting because you would think that I would have seen you maybe first to do acupuncture and then been led with my my chihuahua lily, but right. actually it was the opposite. So of course I knew about acupuncture. I had never had it myself uh, and I've had friends who did it for fertility issues, which I know that you've worked on as well. So when I was taking Lily to her vet and she was she wasn't considered old, but I thought, well, maybe this is just your your pet getting older. And she was kind of 11, borderline 12. And her walking was starting to go really slow. She was having a hard time getting up her little doggy stairs. She was only six and a half pounds, maybe a little heavier at the time, maybe pushing seven, <laughs> seven <laughs> LBs. And she couldn't always make it up the curb when walking outside. And I just, I was so disappointed and bummed. And then actually walking down uh, the hallway, sometimes she'd kind of like almost fall over a little, like lose her balance. And then there was one time where she, you got her little bath outside. There was a, I had a truck come and they would do her bath outside. And when she came back in, she couldn't walk at all. And I was, I couldn't believe what happened, what happened. And they said nothing, you know, and it came back, but the whole time I was just, what is going on with her? Is it her knees? Is it her hips? Why can't she walk? Is this just part of getting older? And I didn't think too much of it. I just chalked it up to getting older, even though I didn't think she was that old. Cause I know I remember seeing a story on Mickey Rourke. He was on a talk show and he had three chihuahuas. I think there were three and he was telling me or telling me, like he was talking to me personally, he was saying how his chihuahuas really got him through a hard time. And they were like 20 years old. And I was like, wow, 20, you get to have your dog to 20. That's amazing. So I always kind of had it in my head that, you know, she would be around that long. And now she's only 11, 12 and she's ailing. So when I took her to the vet, she was going to have a surgery. She was having a late spay and the doctor kind of wanted to do a once over to make sure she was, you know, in good, in good condition to have the surgery. And he said, she had a hurt neck. And I said, what? 
she said, hurt neck. There's a, she has a hurt neck. And if you can, you should take her for acupuncture. And I was, I thought, okay, sure. I'll, I'm, of course I was, I'll do whatever it takes, but I was really impressed that he offered that. And someone in the office was seeing you for their dog, one of the ladies. And so I came to you and I am telling you, and this is what I wanted to share about Arlene and acupuncture is that for everything that, for all the different things that you can do out there, I saw the most significant change from her not being able to walk very well to chalking it up to old age to then over time changing to running around like a puppy, everyone. I mean, you guys, it was like, I couldn't believe it. It was like I had a new dog. I had my dog back. And so I thank you for that. And so I wanted to you know, share with that and what that means that you were doing the acupuncture. So we were doing it weekly as a start. And that's the other thing is, you know, sometimes it's a kind of more alternative or a holistic measure. It's not a one and done. You know, people want to take this quick fix and take a pill and be better. And it's not always like that. And depending on the ailment, it could take a little bit more time to heal, but it will. And you can do it naturally, which I mean, I'm always going to choose that. Right. So yeah, Lily started seeing Arlene for acupuncture and she was great with it, right? Once a week we were seeing, and then we moved to, I think like every two to three weeks. Right. And so, and so yeah, I, I don't know what you discovered with her back or her neck or her spine or how that. Well, I remember, I remember when you guys first came in and um, I think one of the things I said was she's, she needs to lose weight. Right. <laughs> and that Lil's loves her food. <laughs> yeah. That's with a lot of dogs they're overweight and so it really can impinge on a nerve which you know had happened to Lily um so the acupuncture not only alleviated the pressure uh, from her nerve in her neck um, but it also just gave her more life especially after she lost the weight and it's so that happens so often, which is so rewarding to see because you know that it's it's an, quite an easy fix if you knew what to do, right? Yes. And unfortunately, you guys were very good at following my recommendations because some people don't. I mean, I usually. Um, the protocol for acupuncture for animals is to come once a week for at least five, five to six weeks because nothing happens right away. You know, acupuncture is a cumulative effect. So one treatment, two treatments, it might, you may not see an effect, but usually average five to six treatments, then you see a difference and what a difference it made, especially when Lily lost weight. I mean, she was just a spry little girl again. It was great. She was, she never fell over again. Her legs never went out on her again. She, I was thinking about trying to get her one of those ramps versus stairs. She didn't need to do that. And I mean, I just was, I want to scream it from the mountaintop now, but I was telling people, I'd see people in the park and their dog was kind of walking, you know, slowly. And I thought I'd always go up to them. Have you tried acupuncture? I mean, I was just (laughs) so excited about it because to see such a huge difference without any kind of medication. And, you know, I know acupuncture 
with pets can do, you know, many ailments, but so much time, so much of the time, you know, there's like a hip dysplasia as they get older and really right. affects their back legs. And the way that it strengthens that and can move that energy through is just amazing. So if you wanted to go in a little bit about acupuncture and, and the chi energy and, and what it actually does and how you bring in the, the moxa stick, that would be helpful for people to know a little bit about. Sure. So people and animals have um, channels uh, or meridians where the energy flows. And along the those channels are acupuncture points. And those acupuncture points, if you could visualize them as keyholes, so the needle will enter the keyholes and unlocked uh, either the energy there. It can either remove excess energy or bring in energy. And, you know, with that, then you're bringing in more blood and which has the oxygen and the nutrients. And that's how it really helps heal like the area, the joints, the muscles, um, it takes a long time, but it can eventually help nerves too. But common problems with people and animals is the muscles get so tight that it can really affect the nerves and it could give you weakness. It can give you paralysis sometimes, but releasing the the energy through the channels is and the body knows what to do because really, you know, the needle is just being placed in an acupuncture point and the body knows, oh, okay, well, we're going to do this because there's, there's too much excess here. There's too much toxins here. We're just going to move it or, you know, the body will say, oh, well, you know, there's, there's deficiency. We need to bring more energy. We need to bring more just oxygen and, and, and healing properties in that area. But, you know, I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, no, absolutely. And then I know you have kind of like five pillars of what you do with acupuncture. And then there's also cupping on the humans. And, oh, and, but oh. there's that, how do you say this? I call the moxa stick. What is the full yeah, term that's, for it? That's what I was going to, okay. You asked about the, the moxa stick. So the moxa stick, um, the modality is moxibustion and you use a stick that looks like a charcoal, uh, but that charcoal stick is made from an herb, which is uh, in layman's term, mugwort. It sounds and like something out of Harry Potter, mugwort, I right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's such an incredible herb because once it gets into your body, it's very invigorating. It creates more circulation. And not only that, it will, depending on the points where the moxa is, then it's going to help strengthen the organs that are associated with certain points. So with, with dogs, a lot of them end up having dogs and cats, because I work on cats too. Um, they end up having a lot of kidney issues or, or digestive issues or liver issues. And it really helps 
create more circulation to those organs. And by creating more circulation, it actually helps strengthen those organs because it's bringing in more oxygen. It's bringing in more, you know, white blood cells or red blood cells. So it really enhances the acupuncture treatment. It's like an add add on to it. It does. And for uh, people and, and animals that have really tight muscles, the warmth of the moxa will actually help relax the muscles. And on top of that, the smell of the moxa, which, you know, a lot of pet owners, they get really relaxed from smelling the moxa. Um, there was a study that showed that the smell of the moxa actually affects the nervous system. It relaxes the nervous system. And when the nervous system is relaxed, it can in turn relax the muscles even more so and help open it up. So it's great. Oh, so you just it's sort of like almost like a cigar shape and it waves, she waves it over, Arlene waves it over the needles as they're in place. And so Lily would look and I sit in with it. So you sit with your dog or pet or cat and Arlene puts the needles in and then does the moxa stick. And I tell you, Lily, she just looks so relaxed and so kind of high, kind of has that high look like, <laughs> like she smoked <laughs> a big <high>. joint. <laughs> and she was different because she would actually stay sitting in a sitting position, right? I think also yeah. many of the, the dogs or animals that you treat sort of lay down. Is that right? Yeah. Majority of the cats and dogs end up laying down and, you know, a number of them would fall asleep um, because it's so relaxing. I mean, not only is the smell soothing and calming, but the treatment alone, because it does release the acupuncture needles do release endorphins. It's very, you know, you just feel good. Yeah. And so. Yes, it's a little bit of a commitment, but a commitment well worth it. So the original protocol was once a week, like you said, I, I don't know what it was, five or six weeks. And then I think we spaced it out. I don't know if it was two or three weeks afterward Yeah, that we just, you know, kept, kept bringing her for help and preventive. And- was just once a month because she was doing so great. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that once a month was just a maintenance to make sure she continued to do well. Now, do you find that people come to see you, whether it's people or animals, any kind of preventive, or is it usually a treatment of some sort because they're having an ailment? There are very few who come for preventative, you know, because it seems, I mean, it's changing now, but um, when I first got started, acupuncture would be the last resort. Like they've tried everything else. And so they didn't know what else to do. And so they would come for acupuncture and they would see the results and they would say, well, gosh, why didn't we do this sooner? But yeah, usually um, in the past, acupuncture would be the last thing that owners would try to do because they didn't know what else to do or, or the medication that their pets are on you know, weren't working anymore and they didn't want to continue to increase the dosage of the medication. So yeah, the acupuncture before used to be the last resort, but now it seems like because more vets are uh, recommending it, they actually come sooner than later. You know what I mean? Which That's is so fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's really great. Do you, I mean, I'm sure you treat things all over the spectrum, but is there a particular ailment that you see the most of that you treat? Yeah, usually it's, it's basically what Lily had, right? The arthritis, the, the tightness, the pinched nerve that's causing weakness. And so that's the most common um, pain, obviously. Yeah. Arthritis but, is a great one. That's such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then do you have an animal? You said dogs and cats. Is there like, what's the most unusual animal you've worked on? I, the most unusual would have to be the, I think it's like a big lizard. It's called uh, the leather back bearded dragon. What? <laughs> yes. I yeah. know. I know what that looks like, but what, yeah. what, was, what was his ailment? Oh, it was her. Her name was Tangerine. (laughs) And the owners I knew in the past, uh, because I had treated their dog and um, the dog was, the dog had passed away and um, they decided to get this bearded dragon. And Tangerine had a mass um, at the base of her tail, which the uh, vet removed and from removing that it actually paralyzed her and so her their vet said you know she's not gonna walk she's you know you might as well just put her down but um, these owners uh, remembered me and they thought well we don't want to put her down we're gonna you know they decided to just bring her to me so it was the one and only time I worked on a bearded dragon. And quite frankly, I had to use like really thick needles because of the skin. That's wild. Yeah. I couldn't use the regular needles that I would use on people or dogs or cats. So anyways, I evaluated tangerine and I noticed that the her hind legs had she had the reflex still. And I told the owners, I said, oh, she's going to walk again. You know, um, I'm glad, you know, I, I told them, I'm glad you didn't put her down because she, she'll walk again. You'll see. And so I put the needles. And as soon as I started doing the moxa, her little eyes started to like close. <laughs> and um, she really loved it. And afterwards, she literally started moving her hind legs and her owners were like, oh, my God, you know, amazing. Yeah. So they were really happy. They brought her like um, once a week and she she was able to walk. Her appetite improved. I mean, to the point where the the owner, Michelle was saying, Oh, she ate so many worms and all this stuff. And I said, Oh, you don't have to tell me that. (laughs) I don't even know how many worms she ate, but in any case, she did great. And um, unfortunately they stopped bringing her and because she was doing so great, she was walking, she was eating. And then like a few months later, she stopped eating again And they wanted me, they wanted the same effect. And I said, you know, it's harder the second time, you know, because her, um, the mass was cancer that the vet had removed and it had come back. And so, yeah, they, they just brought her when they could. Um, But unfortunately, you know, they lost her. 
Oh, that's so that sad. Kids, yeah. Such a great success story on the walking part. So yeah, I mean, the point was, you know, they were glad that they had at least six more months with her, as opposed to just putting her down because they didn't think that she would walk again. But she did walk. You know, she was able to walk, and she she was fine. Unfortunately, it was the cancer that did her in and not because she wasn't able to walk or eat. I think I've met people who their dog has hip dysplasia or can't walk and they're thinking about putting the dog down. And I think, you know, if you had a hip dysplasia problem, would you put yourself down? Like, why would you think to do that with your animal? And so with that... I have sent a a friend colleague to you with her dog who out of nowhere, healthy dog is not walking. And I think she's seeing you now. Oh, yes. Bernice with 11. Yes. How's that going? Great. Yeah. I think you had connected us and she actually, when I called her, she was at the neurologist and they were telling her, well, it's going to cost this much. Um, otherwise, you know, if you don't get this surgery that she really needs, she won't be, you know, you can't help her. She won't be able to walk. And so she was asking me, she was really in panic mode. Um, I, I told her, I said, look, if you could bring her, don't do the surgery. Let me look at her and you can determine what to do because a lot of times the surgery 50% of the time, it may not work. And so it's always best to just get a second opinion. And so she came like the next day. And I looked at her and I said, you know, she's young. I bet you this is what's happening. I, I think the acupuncture can really help. And so she continues to come and now she's walking you know she's doing so great and I think that was just two months ago when you referred her to me right yeah it wasn't that long ago maybe three months but in any case yeah so 11 is standing she's she's walking her tail is wagging And um, in any case, Bernice is really happy. That's very exciting for people who are out there that might think that, oh my goodness, acupuncture is for for pets. That's crazy. Why would I do that? If, if, If that is ever going through anyone's mind, even my guy who is open to different things, even though he's not like a, I mean, I'll always go the holistic route first. Um, He probably wouldn't. And so for him to see the changes in Lily, Right. Even he was telling people in the park, you know, if he'd see them like, wow, have you tried acupuncture? So it really, really makes a difference. And I'm so happy that it's uh, becoming a little bit more mainstream and as a first choice, like you said, versus a last choice. And so it's a family affair over here with Arlene because my mom was having knee issues and arm issues with pain and she had fallen. And so we were taking my mom to see Arlene and she was getting acupuncture with cupping along with cupping. That's another modality that you do. And, and then she, after she did all of the acupuncture and cupping, she would do a little bit of a massage, kind of get the energy moving and flowing. And my mom loved your massage. She raves about your massage. She's like, Oh my God, her hands are magic. (laughs) And then I, who had never had acupuncture, 
my back went out. I think my back's gone out like three times in my life. And this was one time. This was in November of of 2019. And I was going on a trip with Joe for his birthday. And I thought, how am I going to go sit on a plane and then go to a walking city? I'm never gonna be able to do it. And I was kind of like, I remember when I walked in, I was sort of like hunched over. (laughs) I was like, Arlene, you have to help me. And do you know, after just one, one session, I could, I left standing, I left standing, walking upright. It was amazing. So I highly, highly recommend acupuncture. So you do cupping, which are the glass jars. I don't know if people have seen that, that glass Um, silicone. I don't use the glass jars anymore. I have them, but um, with the glass jars in order to make, to remove the oxygen, to create a suction, because the cuppings, what they do is they really grab a hold of your muscles and they pull out. Uh, by grabbing a hold of your muscles, they pull out the toxins um, that have been stuck in the muscles and the marks that you see, the cut marks, they're not bruising. Um, They are a reflection of toxins in the body. So one time I thought I extinguished the cotton ball uh, that I had to create a, a suction for the glass jars. Um, I threw in the trash and I was cupping my patient and all of a sudden I started to smell something burning. And I thought, what the heck is that? My patient was like face down with the cups, the glass cups on his back. And I asked him, do you smell that? And he goes, no. And so I looked over my trash can and it was starting, it was like smoke was coming out. So ever since then, I stopped using the glass cups. So use silicone now? I don't understand. What was on fire? It was was a cotton ball because you need to remove all the oxygen in a cup in order for it to uh, grab a hold of your muscles. Um, I see. Yeah. So Um, so silicone is... is Yes, silicone is so much easier. You just squeeze it and then you put it on top of the muscles and it just grabs a hold of the muscles and does the same pulling sensation. I imagine that'd be easier. Yeah. So my mom was doing that. So that was helpful. And then you also do nutrition. The nutrition protocol, food is thy medicine, was not as easy for my mother. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She didn't want to give up certain foods. Exactly. (laughs) She wasn't very compliant. <laughs> no, she, she, she wouldn't be considered one of the, the, the better patients that listened very well. And then like we were speaking of the herbal medicine that you do as well and, yeah. and offer yeah. that. So it's really a little bit of everything all working together to strengthen the body and make it, make it work again. So what are some on the veterinary side, you know, you were talking about arthritis, there's the hip dysplasia or muscle spasm, like there's a a whole slew. I mean, is it pretty much everything that acupuncture could, can help? Yeah. You know, these days it seems like, um, the pets are getting the same illnesses as people. And I think it's because the connect, the bond is so strong between the, their human and the pet that they end up having similar things. 
So not only is acupuncture good for muscular or joint, it's good for digestive issues. Maybe the dog has stress because the owner has so much stress. And so, you know, when you're under stress, it really affects your digestive system. So acupuncture can help that not only help your digestive system, but help reduce the stress. I would imagine it's funny. We just moved to a new neighborhood and I can't tell you how many people, humans look like their dog. It's very bizarre. Like if they have an Afghan, they, the, the woman has like long hair, exactly. the same color, or if yeah. they have a big shaggy dog, then the guy has this shaggy curly hair and he's also a thick man. I was, it, it's shocking actually. So it would make sense that then this ailments might be the same. And it's funny that you say that because actually I didn't even tell you. So did I think you met my mom's dog, Peanut. So Peanut, uh, I'll have to go into this story longer later, but basically she had ulcers in her eye. One of them ruptured. So now she can't really see out of the one eye. They wanted to remove the eye. I did not. And I'm having these drops. Um, She's doing drops like round, round the clock, but now her other eye also has the ulcer and we're trying to keep it stable. The irony is my mom has macular degeneration. So isn't it interesting that they both have eye issues, right? Isn't yeah. that fascinating? It's more common than you think. I mean, it's amazing. Do you ask but- a pet parent when they come in, if if the dog has a digestive issue, does it come up? I mean, maybe they're eating the same food, maybe not, but <laughs> does it come up that they're uh, that if they have a digestive issue themselves, do you ask or how does that no. work? Don't ask because, you know, I'm not treating them. I'm just treating the animal. Right. Um, But I remember when I first started, there was this psychotherapist who brought her dog and they had the same issue. And I pointed it out to her. I said, isn't interesting that she has the same thing you do. And I think she got offended (laughs) and didn't come back (laughs) because she didn't want to see that her dog mirroring what she had. And a lot of times, you know, dogs can do that. Dogs and cats, they, they're, they kind of reflect to the owner what is going on with the owner because it's going on with them, you know, just because the bond is so close. Yeah. That is so fascinating. Well, yeah, I can see how you choose to care with the animals. Do you, I mean, I suppose you can't say, do you do more animals than people or what do you know? They're about the same. Um, the interesting thing, I think you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. You said that you would have thought that you would have met me first instead of meeting you through Lily. Right. Uh, but that happens a lot because it's people would rather do whatever they can with their dog you know, with their dog's health. And then if they see it working, then they're going to try it themselves. So a lot of times what ends up happening is I'm working on the dog. And then when the dog or the cat, the owner sees the improvement, then they say, oh, well, maybe I'll try it because I've got this ache and, you know, I've always wanted to try it, but I see, you know, the improvement and -and so-and-so that, so, yeah, that is so funny. I didn't know that that was a common thing. So maybe you have a 10 o'clock appointment and it's a human and then your 11 o'clock appointment is a, a dog or how does 
Are you doing it in well, the same place? Or are you doing it in separate places? No. Well, you know, I work with the vet hospital. I'm there twice a week. But now that I'm working at home, I can do that. Yeah. Like um, one of my patients, um, I would treat her first. And then, you know, once a month, because um, Winston is now on that maintenance program, um, he would go afterwards. So, yeah that can happen back to back. That's so great. And, and you treat all size dogs. Is it, is it challenging if you had like a, like a pit bull or, or is it really all the same? Pit bulls, so <laughs> it, pit bulls don't scare me because they're really great. Um, well, the biggest dog I'm treating right now is a great Dane. And about as big as they get. <laughs> yeah. I actually have to stand up before he decides to lay down because you know the magboy that I use, which is like um like a magnetic massager. Yes, uh, I have to stand up to do that on um, this Great Dane because he's just too tall. And you know, once he lays down, then I could do the the needling. The owner has to tell him to lay down, and I have to make a lot of space for him because some. There are times where he just plops on his side because he's just feeling so good. And he like, you know, I don't want him to hurt himself. But yeah, that's the biggest dog I, I'm working on right now. That's amazing. And and the needles, people wonder, they're very thin needles. They don't hurt. You barely even feel them. I think that was my mom's biggest fear. She was like, no, I don't want the needles. You don't even feel them at all. Right. And the dogs, it doesn't hurt the dogs and they sit there and they just, you know, once it's, you know, the first session might be a little because they don't know what's happening, right? Well, they don't know what's happening and they don't know me. So, um, yeah, the first session is usually a little nerve wracking for the animal, but, you know, usually afterwards it's like, yeah, when can I get in there and get my treatment? You know, they're like really looking forward to it. Yeah. Bring it on. It's great. Yeah. Some videos of Lily that I'll be posting when this comes, when this comes out so you can, people can see firsthand how it works. So thank you, Arlene. I really just wanted to share that with people because acupuncture has been around for, I mean, it's, it's a known treatment that's been around for how long? Yeah. Right? Think about that. So something that has been around that long, we have to, why would it not be mainstream if it's something that's been working and we see such a huge difference. So I am so happy to have met you, even though it was, uh, because of a ailment of Lily's, but right. it was such a blessing because you, you've, you helped her so much and you've helped uh, me and my mom and now maybe peanut. Now we'll have to talk, uh, talk a little sidebar on that on our eyes and see if that can be helped. And hopefully a uh, little 11 will just keep getting better. So I thank you for what you do and, and sharing your expertise. And do you have any tips? I always like to share some, some tips for, for the listeners of what they can do with their pet, either regarding acupuncture or just preventative or, you know, things that you see that people could be doing. Well, I think the most important thing is making sure that they're eating the right food. So I'd be such a big, big, biggest deal. So many people really believe that the kibble or even a high-end kibble is good. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, that they always say, oh, but this is like um, a really good organic whatever. And I said, well, it's still kibble, which means it's processed, which means that all the nutrients during its 
process is is removed the nutrients you know you don't get the nutrients so whole foods are always the best and you know even if if the owner does half and half that's better than giving just kibble because at least 50% of the food is whole foods um, where all the nutrients are still in it, you know? So yeah, nutrition is, is so important. And that goes hand in hand with, with weight because a lot of dogs are, are overweight. And unfortunately, when I look at the dog, not all owners are overweight, (laughs) but (laughs) You know, sometimes I look at the owner and they're, they need to lose weight too. Um, Maybe because they haven't necessarily been walking or they're not eating the right food. So when I suggest, you know, cooking, which a lot of people don't want to do, you know, some, some owners are just resistant, but yeah, I, I I think of the kibble, they're so highly processed that the nutrients are gone. Right. And really not very regulated. Um, not that that means much these days, but you know, you could pretty much put anything in a, in a dog food, who knows what's actually in it. And, you know, Lily, I don't think she ever had a bowl of kibble in her entire life. (laughs) Not one. We never gave her kibble. We always, she always had human, actually human food. We just cooked for her. And I, I mean, I highly recommend that. That's a good one. What else? What else you got? Exercise. (laughs) I mean, dogs need to walk. It's so important, just like people need to walk. It actually prolongs their life because moving not only strengthens your muscles and your joints, but it gives you that and those endorphins again, you know, and I notice it when I walk my dogs, how much better I feel. And also when you're walking in the morning, you're getting that vitamin D, which, you know, people need vitamin D. Animals need vitamin D for their immunity, for, you know, their um, digestive health. So exercise is so important. And some people that have backyards, they tell me, well, you know, they, I have a backyard, they can run around. And I tell them it's not the same. You need the walking, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. Because if you, I guess you think about it, the dog in the backyard is not going to walk for 15 minutes around no. the backyard. Maybe yeah, it'll not, run around for a sec, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll try to chase a bird or a squirrel, but you know, for the most part, they're just sitting, you know? So the backyard unless you're there running around with them, you know, for a good 20 minutes, then it's not exercise. That is good. Good to know. And is there a last one? Three, one more? Yes, it's really important. And it's for the owners. (laughs) (laughs) Owners need to really kind of stay calm and manage their stress because your pet is so bonded with you that they are going to take in your stress. And if they take in your stress, they can, you know, it can affect them physically. So sorts of disease, right? Yeah. Stress causes inflammation in the body and inflammation is, is a big thing that causes diseases. So if the owners manage their stress, 
then it's going to help their dogs or their cats tremendously because, you know, they love you so much that they'll take it on for you if you can't manage it. And you, you don't want to do that because then it's affecting your animal negatively. That is such a big one that people probably don't think too much about. So the stress that you have affects your own health and then you're actually projecting it onto your pet who's taking in as well. Um, So, well, that is a good one. Well, thank you, Arlene Helio. Um, Tell me your, your website. I'd actually never gone to Arlene's website. I just went to her based on the recommendation. So it wasn't until I was going to be doing this interview that I went to it. So it's got great information. Some of the things we've talked about, and um, I highly recommend checking it out. And I'll, I'll of course, you know, place it in the, in the notes as well. When this goes up, what is, what what is your site? It's Arlene Helio acupuncture.com. Yeah. Well, wonderful. So People and pets, you can guide, you, you can go together, everybody, <laughs> and be treated sure. by Arlene. And you you will be the best decision you make if it's something that you need for sure. So thank you, Arlene, for what you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching or listening to Green with Tiffany. And definitely tune in for the rest of the month. We'll be doing the pet wellness. And so I've got some uh, great upcoming guests as well. So thank you and reach out if you want to know some more information about Arlene or need some contact information. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care of your fur baby out there. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.